I always think that I'm going to be further ahead financially than I am, like always. I mean, I don't want to say that that's going to continue forever, but that's been the pattern in the past. But the interesting thing is like, I'm so much happier than I ever thought that I would be. And it's like, it's disconnected from the result that I thought would have to happen in order for me to feel this way. I totally agree. Like wealth is wrapped up in so many different things. It's in the love that we've received from in our relationships, in our partnerships, with our family and friends and those that we have around us. It's in nature. I mean, that's like, I just feel so abundant and wealthy whenever I'm in a beautiful, high vibrational frequency and space. And it's like, that's how I shift myself into receiving, being open to receive is by being in a space with people and surrounded by people and doing things that make me feel amazing. Hello, beautiful souls. Today's episode is so, so good. And before we jump in, I have some exciting news to share. If you've ever wondered where you're blocking money, this is for you. I've created a free quiz to diagnose your money wounds so you can heal them and unblock yourself to receive more money. Just go to moneywoundsquiz.com and answer six quick questions to get your insanely accurate and potent results. And if you're loving my vibe and want to work one-on-one to call in more feminine energy wealth, I would love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on social media or go to emilywilcox.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to the show. I have such a good interview. I can't wait to share with you guys. I'm also heading to phase school in a little bit to be a mystery reader. So clearly the mystery will be revealed when I get there. But I think what the teacher has been like hyping up is that someone is going to come read to us this afternoon and you don't know who it is. So cute. It's just a way to get kids excited about reading. And for me, it gets me excited that I am the kind of mother and the kind of businesswoman who has space in her schedule to say yes to these things and not have to book it months and months in advance, but just be able to see it and say, sure, I can come this Friday at two. That's great. Count me in and I'm going to be the first one. So I know that my little Feifei is going to be so excited. And then we are going to the batting cages with one of Faye's softball teammates and her mom. So that's going to be fun as well. And as you guys know, especially anybody who's been listening for a long time, doing this kind of stuff and having space in my schedule, a lot of space for motherhood is something that really lights me up and it makes me feel so wealthy and so abundant because time freedom is just massively important to me. And it's not something that I take for granted because I did not always have a life that was built and structured this way. And so it's taken a lot of healing of wanting to overthink and overwork and overdo and force and push ahead. And so it's just a beautiful reflection of how far I have come. So Let me tell you about who is joining us on the show today. I have Natasha Nicole Harris joining us. She is so cool, you guys. And the fact that she has just the most delicious British accent is like the icing on the cake. She's an intuitive business mentor and Akashic activator, guiding six-figure soul-led entrepreneurs to leap into the next level of impact, success, wealth, leadership, love, and magic. So Natasha works with the ancient wisdom of the Akashic records. And by the way, like I ask her all kinds of questions about this. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't know what the Akashic records are, don't worry. I've got you. We are going to go there. So she uses them to guide her clients to overcome whatever's standing in their way and just realign to their soul wisdom. 
I absolutely loved digging into this with her. And I think there were so many aha moments and just an appreciation for the beautiful winding path that is spirituality and how our lives unfold in ways that we could never imagine. So you guys are going to love Natasha's story. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Emily, for having me. It's a real delight to be here and having this conversation with you. I'm so happy. And everyone who's on YouTube gets to see your like beautiful, radiant presence. And then the rest of us are just graced with your awesome accent. So either way, we're (laughs) winning. Okay. So I just like want to dive right in because I know that you and your work with women do work with the Akashic Records and a lot of like just on the spectrum of woo-woo, like you're pretty on the woo side of things and which I love and I'm so here for. But maybe you can just break it down. Like, what are the Akashic Records and how did you start working with them? Oh, my goodness. Two great questions, because it's been a journey. I'll probably start with how I sort of came to working with them. And I think it is on the spectrum of woo. And it took me a long time to get okay with saying that's what I do and how I work with people and how I help them to really release their old patterns of behavior, releasing old energetic patterns and working with past lives. And it's not for everyone, um, but really connecting with our soul essence and who we are at soul level. But I think sometimes these things, when we step towards the woo, towards the energetics of things, the things that we can't tangibly see and feel, it's something that calls us. Sometimes we don't really have a choice. It kind of like it falls in our path and we can try to some degree to avoid it or step around it or work around it and go, it's not really me. It's not really what defines me. But eventually that catches up with us. And it started off with working with energy and Reiki and doing some healing treatments. And then it was like really quite literally a Sunday afternoon and browsing on the internet and stumbling across something that was like, oh, our masterclass on the Akashic Records. And I just, my soul knew I knew what that meant, but my brain didn't. I was like, okay, well, I'll watch that. And then of course, at the end of the hour, there I am enrolling on a course to understand more of it. And that's been my journey for the last sort of six years, incorporating the Akashic Records and stepping up and using them more and more, talking about them and such like. So it's been a fascinating journey for me. But to answer the second question about what are they, and I can do this quite succinctly because it's a huge topic. It's so vast. Once we start to look into it, there are so many directions and routes that we can go. But in short, if we think of everything as energy, we know that now categorically, everything has an energetic resonance. Everything we think, feel, say, do, take action on, every experience, every conversation has an energetic resonance that we're putting out there. And we can't destroy energy. We also know that, but we can transform it. So we can shift our feelings from sadness to joy and disappointment to wonderment and all of these kind of things. But if we can't destroy energy, then where does it go? It has to be somewhere. And that's what we call like the energetic imprint is stored in our Akashic record in the energetic realm in things we can't see and we can't kind of quantify tangibly. So Our Akashic record is kind of described in religious scriptures, although it's not a religious practice, in as the book of life. So it's Mm. literally a book. It's like an energetic database of everything we've ever done, spoken, 
said, actions, all of these things. And it's like we can tap into that energetically. But it came into existence the moment our soul was born, when our soul came into existence. So it holds that beautiful seed information, our unique vibrational field, our gifts, who we are here to be through every lifetime. So it holds all of that beautiful information through every lifetime that we've come. So that's where we can really heal things that we are repeating on loop, patterns that we're playing out, which might be from this lifetime, but also from many, many lifetimes ago. And so we can heal it clear it, transform it and step into a new way of being. I love that so much. Yeah, no, that's super helpful. Because I think if we don't understand the definitions, it's going to make this a a more difficult conversation. So what does it look like when you work with the Akashic Record? It's a feeling. It's Mm. a flow. It's a tapping into and it's really allowing and surrendering and trusting that the information that we receive through me, through a channel, for a client about them that we really can lean into and trust and and share that in a way that's going to land with the client that they're going to really identify with. And I, even after all these years, I'm still in wonderment when I share things that I receive through the Akashic Records, how it really resonates with people. They just feel it. They feel it on a different frequency. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it because it's not trying to make something fit so that somebody might understand it. Unless of course there's a lot of resistance to receiving the information from a client, which doesn't generally happen because I think when people come and they're like, I want to know more about the Akashic Records, we're open to receiving the information that comes through. So, and so often when I describe or pick up on past life experiences that a client may have had, but the energetic resonance of it, how it might be showing up today, that they can always relate to it as the pattern that they're playing out in this lifetime through either exactly the same way it might have played out in a previous lifetime or in in a different life area. So people can say, oh my gosh, I'm doing that right now. That's so weird. And Mm. then it offers that consciousness to be able to say, okay, well, if that's how I'm doing it, how do I heal it? And how do I change it? So that's the important part at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that you were doing Reiki and such prior have you been in the spiritual game a long time? Well, yes, a while, but not always. So when I first, uh, uh, my university degree was computer programming. So you couldn't be further from like doing what I'm doing now. And I worked in IT as an IT manager for more than a decade, probably 12 Mm. years. And my wake up call was really sort of being in my early, late twenties, early thirties and thinking to myself, this can't be my life for the next 30 Mm. years of working this is not like I was already feeling who am I within this whole sea of corporate climbing the corporate ladder succeeding the whole money piece like this is the progression it's like if that's my life that's mapped out for me I don't want it and so then that really left me with the question of well then what and so then my journey took me working towards something that I was more heart-centered around working with the environment, working in conservation. I traveled the world and I worked around the world on conservation projects, marine and terrestrial projects and wildlife projects. And it really shifted my perspective on the world and who I wanted to be in that. And then, as I said, you know, the energy work, the coaching kind of just came to me through various paths that I walked and people that I met. And then I was called to that. And since in the last sort of 
12 years, that's been my journey of exploring that and working with that alongside working in conservation and in the environmental sector. Oh my gosh, what a journey. I actually think it's kind of hilarious that you started out in computer programming because I really love that as an analogy for like our subconscious mind, right? Yeah. Which is like, what is the default program and how do we yeah. write some new code? Yes. How do we delete the bad code that's there? <laughs> and if you think about the Akashic Records, it really holds those same codes and programming, but just across lifetimes. So it's just like a different kind of computer programming. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> a little bit like more the soul and energetic level. There's like coding on the computer level and then there's recoding in the energetics. Way yes. more fun to work with the energetics, I have to say. Yeah. But yeah, it is so fascinating, isn't it? And it was like, if somebody had told me back then this is the work I'd be doing, I'd have laughed. I'd have laughed at them. It's like, no way, you've got to be joking. It's all about the logic and like what I can tangibly see and making stuff happen. And now it's like really about surrendering, letting go and going through those flow states where it's like there's no perfection in it. It's like constantly mastering, remastering, mastering again and remastering and deepening and learning. And so many of us, our life journeys are so surprising and have so many plot twists. We could have never predicted it. So tell me about the moment that you decided to stop collecting a paycheck and working for someone else and dove, jumped with two feet into entrepreneurship. Yeah, that for me. So I kind of did a bit of a transition estate. So I was working in the environmental sector, working for a charity and realizing there was something more for me. So I went into partnership working on a project to bring more organic food. Food is something I'm very passionate about as well. And our health and well-being and eating well. And so I went into partnership working with the local group of people to bring more organic food to families into the local area in a city. I live in central London, working directly farm to buying the produce rather than through the supermarkets. And that was really fascinating. But what I found what I was doing there was working with something that I really loved and I was felt very passionately about but I was still working in a capacity that was very much using my logical mind. So I was doing all the logistics of everything. I was like the logistics director. I was working with the farmers. I was right designing the boxes and costing everything out. And so it really still didn't speak to me. And I was doing a bit of coaching on the side, a bit of energy work on the side. So I was working in both of those fields. And I think it got to a point where I was like, I need to now really jump in both feet and do this wholeheartedly. I've got to see if I can make this work. I got to see if I can do this alone, not working in partnership, but just seeing if I can build this business for myself and doing what I really love. And then that was like a whole nother game because working around something passionately. I mean, I even worked for a charity that was around repurposing food waste. So we used to compost food waste in a city, London, And I used to be able to go and talk corporates and sell food waste solutions, not glamorous whatsoever, but it was such a topic I was so passionately about, but it was a product. So when I then leapt into coaching and then offering and inviting people to come and work with me and my services, I was like, this is me, you're buying me, which was a whole nother level of understanding and like trusting in myself and learning about how to do that. So it was like, I was used to doing those things. But then when it started to be about me, that was the challenge I then had to overcome at that early stage. And that was totally new for me. Yeah. Entrepreneurship provides so many lessons for us around worthiness, our money mindset. It questions our safety, our 
ability to like show up in the world and really be visible. Absolutely. So it was probably about seven years ago that I decided to jump in wholeheartedly and say, okay, let's see if this could work. I remember having like, I've got funds for a year. If I can do this for a year and really, and now here I am seven years later and it's still ups and downs along the way. It hasn't been this like flying trajectory. It has been ups and downs, but it has been, I think if we go into entrepreneurship and I talk to my clients about this a lot, it's the biggest reflection back to us about what we need to learn for ourselves. There is nothing more kind of in your face, if you like, than entrepreneurship and seeing everything as a mirror of what we want to work through. And what. And it's not just being a coach. I think it's being whatever field that you are in as an entrepreneur, there are things that you're going to have to move through, navigate, expand through, let go of old ways of doing things, things that really don't work, that are not going to support you going forward. And, you know, you talk about the money piece, that as well. And it's like being the sole kind of income earner for yourself and Like it comes with a whole nother level of responsibility because there's so much uncertainty around where that money is going to come. And you've got to believe in that it will come. And that's not so easy. No, it really isn't. So I would love to hear from you. What were some of the money stories or limiting beliefs or money wounds that you had to work through and start working on healing? There are an infinite number and still working on them, I have to say. And I think that I would be lying to myself if I thought I was there. But I think especially coming from initially a corporate sector and then working for the environmental sector and third sector, social enterprise, they came with that. I was giving up the corporate work because I wanted to do good in the world. And with that came a belief that I have to do that for very little money. So I went from being very abundant and earning very well in my 20s in London, doing very well in having the financial security, independence, being able to buy a flat in London and all of those kind of things. And then working for a charity, it then made me almost go backwards on my beliefs. Mm. So there were beliefs that I had and they were rewritten and recoded to being like, well, I have to go without. If I have just enough, then I'll be okay as long as I'm doing good in the world. So that was one of the very first things that I had to really look at was that that's not how I can survive as an entrepreneur. That's not how I can survive in my life and still have the things that I desire because I love to travel. I love to have holidays. I love to be able to give back. And I love to buy beautiful, sustainable products because it's so important for me to buy organic food where there is elevated prices on these things. And I wholeheartedly buy into that. But We need the the income to be able to do that. So that was one of the things I very first had to let go of, that being a healer, being a coach doesn't mean that we have to, because we have a gift, and this is so much of what I hear in the spiritual world as well, we have to do that for little or no money, that being abundant is bad. Yeah. I think you're touching on something that so many can resonate with, which is like when we're working for someone else, our worth or the value of our work is sort of dictated by the market or by the employer. And we see it as relatively fixed and relatively circumstantial. And so it's really just transactional. Like, are we willing to do it or not? That's it. And then all of a sudden in entrepreneurship, it's like, well, there really is no book to go by. And there's no just set market value and there's no every two weeks paycheck, no matter what. And so we do have to dig into our inherent worth, 
and build our belief around exchanging our gifts for money. And there's a lot there because it is true that for many of us, our gifts feel co-created. So it doesn't even fully feel like ours. It's like universe or source moving through us. And so we sometimes feel a little funky about monetizing that. And the gift itself often feels really effortless, which breaks down our old paradigm of having to work hard in order to get the money. Yes, I did work hard for many, many years. And it really, it sucks the joy out of everything. It's like, that is one way. You definitely can work hard for money. But often what we're really wanting to lean into in our growth edge is, can we receive money without working hard for it? Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that I really had to also let go around was that working hard ethic. I've always been a hard worker, even at school, because I had to work hard in order to get grades. It didn't come easily or effortlessly to me. And so in that, I really had to lean back and nature and being around nature is so important for me. And so even like it's my morning ritual, I cycle up to our local woodlands, And I spend an hour just walking in nature, connecting with nature, receiving the wisdom of nature, sitting in a tree, meditating, and the dog walkers walk past me and the dogs always come up and lick me. And it's just a beautiful, and people are like, oh, just sitting in a tree. And I'm like, yeah, it's great here. You should try it sometime. And it just, I think also living in London, we're all so busy. And I think just by me doing that, people feel it. They're like, oh, what's she doing? And it must look a bit weird to some people like me saying, I think it's also that's bringing, giving out a resonance and helping people to see and decipher that even though we live in London, there is beautiful woodlands around. We're very lucky we have a green city, but that we can sit in silence and that we can be in that. So I think that was another thing that I had to really let go of was that I didn't have to be at my desk at nine o'clock or 9.30 in the morning. Now I start work at 10, but it's half two to three hours of morning ritual for me to get up in a beautiful way to feel and eat beautiful breakfast and make myself some food have a nice shower and then go and do some exercise and be in nature so yeah that's another way and that for me is wealth it's not just about the money it's about feeling really wealthy within us about how we're living our lives I completely agree what I've learned for myself is that like freedom is my top core value and when I actually explore it, it's mostly time freedom. So there are other aspects of it, but it's like, if I'm only free with money or finances, but I don't have the time, it doesn't feel like freedom. So that morning ritual and having the spaciousness and being your own best testimonial, I think is so important. I mean, who wants to work with a healer where you get on the phone or you get on Zoom and they're like, I'm so busy. I've had such a jam-packed day. I've been yeah. on six hours of calls already. You're like, okay, yes. this doesn't feel right. So it's like you sort of expect that with someone who's working with energy. I would love to hear them say, oh, I've just had a beautiful morning and I've been in ritual and I've been out in nature and I'm feeling so connected and I can't wait to tap into what's going on with you. There's a sense of like creating space, what we're doing with the space, the energetic space to create, to allow things in when we're busy, we're full, 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 full. And there's no space for anything new to come in. There's no space for any wisdom, any intuition, any divinely guided, like little 
like signs of like, go do this, like taps on the shoulder. There's yeah. no space for it when we just cram our days in. And it's like, we can get stuck so easily. And sometimes I have to really, truly remind myself as well, you're going too fast, slow down. But as I do that more and more and more, that I get there much quicker. So this is like the practice of everything. And it's not about, as I said earlier, it's not about perfecting it. It's not about I've mastered it. I will never do it again. It's about mastering and then remastering. And then your circumstances change, things change in your life. People come in and people go and your business will be booming and you'll be busy. And like, how do you navigate that? Then there'll be real quiet times. So how do you navigate that? And just know it's all part of the flow and the flux of nature. Nature does the same. It hibernates, it slows down, then it blooms and it's everything is crazy and the birds are singing like mad. It's like we are in cycles. We work in cycles. And when we can allow ourselves to know that and be reassured that we're okay when those cycles come in with the money or the business or clients, that we're still okay within that. Yes. And There's a card from an Oracle deck that I love. It's from the Sacred Rebels deck and it's called Spirals of Manifestation. And there's one piece that comes up when you read the description on this card and they talk about there's no advantage to getting to the bus stop early and like (laughs) just really trusting in the divine timing of things. Like you don't have to be in a rush because there actually isn't an advantage to that. And the universe is orchestrating everything so that it all is working together. So you're trying to rush to get to a place early when the other conditions aren't even ready for that and they're not there at that time. So I'm curious in your work with your clients and specifically in the Akashic Records work, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that there is a lot that comes up around money and wealth and lack and scarcity. And I think it would be so fascinating if you could just share a few examples of something that comes up through the Akashic Records. Maybe it's from a past life that is impacting a person's financial circumstances in this life. It's threaded through so many different things as well. This lack, the abundance, the money piece, because when we think about history in itself, where as women, we weren't autonomous in in creating our own wealth. This is the paradigm we're writing now. We're like, we're trying to do this differently now because we have the opportunity to do it. So it comes up so often where we just don't have our own power to create our own circumstances. Like we've been controlled by various different things, religion, politics, the church, everything. And so, and family, community as well. It was like, We weren't able to really stand out and shine. And so I think that threads through that, those examples so often in so many circumstances of how we have been forced to keep small because we're not safe if we stand out, we stand above the parapet and we show ourselves to be truly powerful beings. That was like how we came to certain death or being removed from our communities or being isolated from other people, which was absolutely key to our our survival in those days and in past lives. We had to rely on community to do it, to be safe and to be okay. So I think it comes out in so many, I'm trying to think of some specific examples, but it's like, it comes, I've done so many readings, nothing's coming through right this instant, but it really shows itself that we've just not been able to truly shine as who we are in one way, shape or form. 
And so when it comes through the Akashic records, when we talk about it from an energetic point of view, so it might be like we've always, we've got a contract of protection. So we're always out there protecting others, putting other people first. And so that means that we're just not looking after ourselves. We're not putting ourselves first, always worrying about what other people are doing, what other people are thinking. And so we'll have those kind of energies within us. But for many of us, we do. And so that's, I think, one that women especially can really identify. It's like we put ourselves always to the back of the queue. And so that means money, means love, it means receiving, it means all sorts of things that it can come through as. And so it's the delayering those and in the lifetimes that come up, it gives us signposts to what we need to work on first, because it is all about releasing the layers of things. Like we don't heal something and then it's like gone forever. It's the layers of it. And sometimes there will be a complete shift for somebody and like it's completely gone but there'll be things that they've been doing preceding that that have led them to then the akashic record reading and that like being like a final piece of a one piece of the jigsaw if you like or one corner yeah. of the jigsaw that just slots into place and then it's like boom so it's like it's how we have to shift that and i think we have so many nuances of things and like so many paradigms that we're shifting right now it's speeding up so quickly and we're being invited to really do to do it quickly. And that's uncomfortable for the human self. I mean, I've found things that have come up with family members where I've thought I've had really healthy relationships with my sister or with my mom, and then thinking, oh my goodness, this is coming up. And then it's just like, oh, wow, there's something else to release. And then it just blossoms into something new and morphs into something new. And it ripples out into other areas of our life as well. So it's really beautiful. I often say that the spiritual work is like the breadcrumb trail because it really is that next little breadcrumb and you're like, you pick it up and you're like, wait, this is my relationship with my sister. I don't understand this. What does this have to do with anything? And like you say, it's all connected and there's some little piece there that's not so little, that's significant, that has this chain reaction of putting other pieces into place. But it's not until the gift of time and hindsight, typically, that we can see how it all fit together. And that's where we really need to lean into patience and trust with the right support and with the right understanding of something. And that's what I think the Akashic Records really bring to it is that clarity of, oh, that's why I'm still doing this. And it really is beautiful to realize it's like the soul just goes, okay, we can do this. And so there's this communing between our soul experience and our past soul's experiences to this lifetime. And it just like our egoic mind, our very physical selves that want to, our logical selves, it's kind of like it breathes easier and goes, right, now I have something to hold on to. Now I kind of put the, join the dots together. And that's the beauty of it. It's not just etheric. It really lands with people. And that's the difference of it because we can bring meaning into how it's reflecting in this lifetime. And that for me is the most important element of working with the Akashic Records. That takes the woo out of it for me, grounds it really firmly in the here and now, and allows people to see how they can move forward to it. We've got to take action on things. Yeah. We'll be a participant in it, an active participant in it. And sometimes I think that we want healing to be done for us and we don't we want to bypass the doing. 
and the, yeah. the things that it brings up. And I think what I love about the work I do with my clients is I really hold their hands beautifully along that journey and say, I'm walking with you. We're going to do the work. We're going to do, we're going to step through this and we're going to do the active participation in it. And it might not always be comfortable, but let's do it because the beauty and the magic truly lay on the other side when we do it that yeah. way. Yeah. So do you do any one-off readings or is all of your work with clients like a longer term so that you're doing the reading and then the embodiment? So I do both actually, because I just love the readings. And because I do find the handholding is such an, or the walking alongside and just gently encouraging my clients that even with just a one-off reading, I offer a week's support with that. Because Mm. if we don't integrate some of that learning, we don't have someone to bounce that back with. Mm-hmm. So I always encourage it. And even with a client more recently, we were working a lot around soul relationships and love relationships. And we did some really beautiful deep work together over only over a month. So a few sessions and I got some support with it and an extra little session to go like, Nadia, I'm like, I'm here. And then we had a kind of conversation and she's like, oh my gosh, that is so helpful because that has just landed it for me in a totally different way her shift was like, boom. So it was like, it was so beautiful to witness and really gorgeous to see. I really love that. And that's why it has to be active. It has to be active participation in it because otherwise we're left going, I don't know what to do with all this information. How do I make this land? And we just need that little bit of space to make it happen. It doesn't have to be huge, but then I also work with my clients over six months and a year who really want to go on that deeper spiritual unlocking to really create and activate that next level of wealth, of abundance, of success, however that looks, because it's not just about business and money. It's about all areas of our life, love, relationship, and just playing, getting more familiar with what it feels like to play in the magic. Yeah, really working with that. I do it in all ways. That's beautiful. Well, I love that because some people, they do need to start with something more bite-sized, but I do agree with you that it's so enticing. And like, I noticed even the allure of it for myself of like, oh, maybe this person will have the answer. or Maybe this reading will tell me the thing. But it's like what we signed up for is a human experience. And it doesn't matter how psychic someone is or someone having access to your Akashic records. Like it's still the only part that's going to come through is the part that your soul has consented to. It's like the next breadcrumb, the next piece for your journey. We don't get to see the entire map all at once for a reason, because that's actually like not what we've signed up for. No, absolutely. And I think it would actually blow our minds if we really knew the whole picture of it. And I think that's one of the things that's really contributing to the mass consciousness shift right now is that actually as the universe expands, because we know it's expanding as well, we're being given more information. So in that space beyond what we know is the edge of the universe, there is still space because we're expanding into it. And so that information has been slowly coming through, but it is getting quicker because if we look over and even over the last 10 years, how many different modalities of everything are showing up, these new and beautiful and wonderful ways to commune with the universe and spirit and the divine. And that's there for a reason because we're more ready than we've ever been to understand this, but there's still a capacity that our humanness can compute can get on board with at any one time so that's why when we want to do things really quickly it's overwhelming we want to just slow down and just be in the pace of it and go we've got this it's okay keep just walking and keep 
exploring and keep being curious and keep asking and more information Mm -hmm. will come. And I just can see it. It's like in my field that there's more. I don't know what it is, but there's more and it's coming through for us. And that's why there are so many more people walking this path, which is just a joy. And the shift is coming. We're in for some shifts and changes very soon. Like I can feel it. Totally. (laughs) And I think I have kind of a vision for what I think we're all sort of transforming into. But I liked what you said about just like slowing down and trusting the timing because I got this vision about it the other week where it was like the only time we usually want to go fast is because we're not enjoying the journey. It's like we don't ever ask like, oh, how do I make sex go faster? How do I make this incredible meal at a Michelin star restaurant go faster? How can I be done with it faster? We just don't. Anything that's pleasurable, we want to slow down and we want to savor it and we want it to last longer. So I think anytime we notice ourselves saying, how can I get this faster? How can I speed up the process? It really is like a little caution flag to look and say, what am I dissatisfied with? And can I come to a place of more acceptance And can I focus my energy on what is good right now in the journey so that I can enjoy the scenic route? Yes, absolutely. And it it really is around how we really savor the journey, like beauty of what's happening. There's in my business has evolved and shifted. I've had to evolve and shift in that too. And so if I'd have like said to myself, where do I want to be in a year's time a year ago? I'd be like, I want to be here. And so like you kind of want there and then you but you do bypass it. And so I'm not where I thought I would be, but I am just so enjoying where I am right now because I know for me, actually what I've needed to do is slow down a little bit because as we expand and grow and as we learn new things, we need time for it to integrate. We can't keep going. That's how we get to burnout. That's how even as spiritual teachers, we get spiritually burnt out. We're in overload. And then we forget what we're here to do. And so even for that, we need to really slow ourselves down and go, it's okay. There's no rush. Just enjoy where you're at. Allow everything that's brought to this moment to integrate, to fully embody it, because otherwise we're bypassing that and we're not embodying the shift. And then it becomes very unsolid and tentative foundations that we've built from, and then it can collapse quite quickly. Yeah. And that's where we really want to savor that journey. And that's been my journey this year, especially has been going, okay, how can I slow down a bit more? How can I surrender a bit more? That's been a huge thing for me this year because I thought I was quite good at, and this is like the master and the mastering and the continuing (laughs) to master. It's like, I thought I was quite good at surrendering, but the universe had different ideas for me. It's like, no, you need to deepen this learning even more. And so that's uncomfortable. And we've got to be okay with the uncomfortableness. Well, I loved what you said about like, I thought that I would be here and I'm not because what I've noticed is we're really bad at accurately predicting how we're going to feel at certain milestones. And so it's like, well, what did I actually want from, I thought I was going to be at whatever, a hundred thousand or a million or a half a million, or I thought I was going to have the partner. I thought I was going to have the house. It's like, okay, but what did we actually want from that? Because what I've noticed is that also, I always think that I'm going to be further ahead financially than I am, like always. I mean, I don't want to say that that's going to continue forever, but that's been the pattern in the past. But the interesting thing is like, I'm so much happier than I ever thought that I would be. 
And it's like, it's disconnected from the result that I thought would have to happen in order for me to feel this way. I totally agree. Like wealth is wrapped up in so many different things. It's in the love that we've received from in our relationships, in our partnerships, with our family and friends and those that we have around us. It's in nature. I mean, that's like, I just feel so abundant and wealthy whenever I'm in a beautiful, high vibrational frequency and space. And it's like, that's how I shift myself into receiving, being open to receive is by being in a space with people and surrounded by people and doing things that make me feel amazing and make me feel wealthy from within. And that's something. And then we emit this frequency and it's like things then happen really quite magically. Like we started to talk about at the beginning and it's like, oh, how did that happen? And it's just because that's what we're a vibrational match to. The universe doesn't do anything for us. It just responds to us. It's just like we emit frequency. The universe goes, oh, match for this. Okay, have to gather some like microns and neurons and like energetic frequencies. And it gets and it's magnetized towards that. We have to recognize what it is we're desiring, what we do want to create and say, this is what I want to create. And then just allow it to unfold and trust in divine timing that sometimes things don't happen in this. They they can happen like that. Sometimes they take a bit longer because there are other influences we're co-creating. It's not just us. Everything else has to be in alignment as well with what we're creating. And then when everything comes together, that's what we create. So I do always ask my guests how much money they're making in their business. Because as you know, we're all about wealth transparency over here. So I'd yeah. love to just hear from you, like, where's your business at right now from a financial perspective? Yeah, so it has slowed down a little bit. And I'm really, truly okay with that. And as I said, I really thought by this time, I would be six-figure business a year. It would be epic. It would be awesome. This is what I would be doing. And I'm probably about 60% of the way there. Okay. But it's, and it's recognizing, so I'm probably bringing in around 60,000 a year and 50 to 60. And so it's like being okay with that. It's like, I know it will happen. This is where we have to trust. I know. And it's not always about just the money side of it. It's like bringing in the clients. These are the clients that I want to work with. My business has taken a slight shift with things. Like I'm speaking to slightly different audience. There's a moment where we no longer become resonant to the clients we were working with. So they kind of fall away, which is great. So we're not losing them. We're not losing things. We're just not no longer a vibrational match to those. And then now we have to start putting ourselves in a vibrational frequency to be a match for those clients that we want to call in. And there's a pause. There's a moment in between. And that's the bit that we have to lean into and trust. And it's not easy. This has not been an easy year for me by any stretch of the imagination, but there is a level of trust. And that's why saying this year has been really about surrendering for me. I know it's going to happen because I'm here to do that work. And those clients are going to come because this is what my soul is calling me to do, to work with these clients now and to stay in patience and trust that they're coming and that they will come at the perfect time. So yeah, it's like... Yeah, I love the explanation around that too, because I think sometimes we look at when the money is not where we want it to be, it doesn't feel like a gift, right? It feels like the opposite of that. But also the amount of bravery that's required to sort of pivot and experience what can feel like a loss 
of what we currently have and what feels safe and known in order to step into something bigger. It's like, well, that only gets magnified actually when there's more money on the table. And so sometimes I look at that stuff too, and I'm like, okay, I'm actually so grateful that it's happening now in the journey. Like, let's get this dialed in before I just imagine if I were being asked to walk away from like a multi-million dollar source of revenue to pivot, well, that would feel even scarier. So let me just practice the trust and surrender now. Exactly. Isn't that so true? Because it's like there are different levels that the energetic patterns that we hold on to, if we don't heal them. So if we have something that we haven't healed yet around money, around our worth of how much we're worth, we will carry that forward with us as we may bypass that and go, right, okay, our income is going like this. This is amazing. But that money part, that money belief will stay with us at each step of that journey if we're not willing to look at it. And that belief then just amplifies with the money increase. So it's, I do feel fortunate that I'm doing this now and that we're doing this in this space. But it's like whatever point is perfect that it shows up. Know that whatever that is, at whatever point, that you can release that from your energetic field and you can keep going. There might just be a little bit of a pause. There might be a little bit of a space, but that then you've got something if you keep going and it does take courage. It takes commitment to go, well, oh my God, what am I going to do? It's like, okay, I trust. And it's incredible that when you trust, the money has come in through the most unbelievable sources for me. And I believe that money also comes in through the path of least resistance. So where we are resistant to something, and usually as women, when we want to make our own wealth, it is through our own business because we there's something around the worth, but it will come in through other people. I hear so often when I'm working with people around the money piece is that they'll be like, I'm doing all this work around money and I feel so much more. Husband's just got a 30% rate. Path of least resistance. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. he's not even doing the work. I'm like, no, you're doing it for him, but he's picking up on it. And he's like, there's no resistance there from him because he's not really thinking about it and he's not doing it. I always kind of chuckle a little bit to that because it will find its way through you if you allow it. So notice where you think it should come in a specific form and through this channel and this channel only, and start to notice where it's coming in in other ways that you're receiving gifts, that you're receiving your winning stuff, you're receiving free stuff, even if it's not like monetary things. But the number of collaborations and the number of things that I'm co-creating with others in this space wouldn't have happened for me, maybe, had I been more focused on doing my work, my trajectory. So everything else in my business has opened up. And there are there's the wealth of things that are coming in through different avenues. And so it's not just about the money. It's like things haven't stopped or slowed down in every sense. You are amazing, Natasha. Thank you so much for being on the show. How can people connect with you? Uh, well, they can connect with me through finding me on Instagram with Natasha Nicole Harris. I'm on Facebook, YouTube with Mind, Body, Soul, Energy. Head to my website, which is mindbodysoulenergy.co.uk. All my services are there. If you fancy having a, if you really resonate to having an Akashic reading, you can purchase that and book that online there. If you want to work in more depth with me, then just send me a private message and uh, let's connect. Let's have a chat, see if it feels right for you and for us both to work together going forward. So yeah, find me. I'm pretty much everywhere. (laughs) Beautiful. We will have that all linked. And as a final question, one of my missions is to help women discover and embody their luck's 
life, which often goes so far beyond money. So I would love to hear what does your Lux life look like? So I'm currently creating that. We're in the first steps of it, but with me and my partner to move abroad to Portugal um, to find a beautiful uh, farmhouse that we can renovate Mm. and have as a bit of a retreat space and have that life that is really, truly in nature, close to a river. And we've started to manifest it and bring it in. A few things have been popping up around that. So that for me is my Lux life is like living more at one out of the city, co-creating with nature, co-creating with the divine, having a beautiful space for people to come and visit and feel it and be in it for themselves as well. So that's my Lux life with having beautiful bits of luxury and travel and all of those kind of beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you again for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Okay. If you're anything like me, you could just listen to Natasha talk all day long. Like I already want to be at her place in Portugal that she's imagining. It just sounds so delicious. So let us know you listen to the show. Tag at Natasha Nicole Harris on Instagram. Tag me at mmakesmoney. Share your top takeaways. Here are mine. Number one, everything is energy. So there lives an energetic book of life that holds the story of us as a soul. How cool is that? Number two, even with access to the Akashic records, you still can't skip ahead and know it all. We just get bite-sized pieces of information and then it's our work to either like heal that or embody that before we go to the next step. Number three, we only want to go fast when we aren't enjoying the experience. When we can find joy and gratitude along each phase of the journey, then we can release the part of us that wants to go fast. Number four, Spending time in nature and having slow mornings full of ritual is luxury, and it's so healing. Number five, the universe doesn't do anything for us. It just matches our energy and responds. And number six, we can feel so much better than we thought without a fabricated goal that we thought we needed to hit. So those are my takeaways. I hope you loved this interview as much as I did. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. It still blows me away that this podcast has over 10,000 downloads. And I know that we're just getting started. That doesn't even count what's happening on YouTube, where I think we have over like 5,000 plays there as well. So... I really believe in the compound effect and the power of this work over time. And it really is thanks to you all, not only tuning in and listening, but just sharing it, liking, subscribing, leaving a review. So thank you in advance. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. Before you go, I have something fun to share. Now, when you leave a review of the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, take a quick screenshot and send it to hi at emilywilcox.com. You'll be entered into a drawing to win a free one-on-one boxer coaching day with me, and you help the show reach more new listeners. Such a win-win. I also invite you to follow me on Instagram at mmakesmoney and to jump into my free Telegram community, The Money Club, which is linked in the show notes. Until next time, I'm sending you all the magic money vibes. 